0: Thank you, Linda. And I hope there is room in your heart for that Savior that was born so many years ago and one who extends his grace and extends his mercy and extends his love to all of us, none of it that we deserve. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We are glad you are here, and we pray that all of you here and all of you who have joined us by live stream, we welcome you, and we pray that all of you feel God's presence as we worship him this morning. Today, we celebrate the first uh, Sunday of Advent. The first week of Advent, we remember the great gift of hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. The prophets of the Old Testament prophesied about the hope that was coming uh, in, in this, how his Savior would be born and he would bring, bring hope to the world. As followers of Christ, we wait with hope for his return. We anticipate his return, and as we light this candle this morning, Jeff and Debbie are coming to light that candle, we remember that it was from the manger at Bethlehem that he came and he gave us this light to the world. And as they light this candle, we are reminded to be alert and to watch for that light, even in the most unlikely places and people. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you, Jeff, for lighting that candle and for reminding us of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. As I said, we are glad you're here. I hope you'll just take a few minutes to greet one another, and then we'll join in singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Why don't you stand and greet those around you this morning? And now you join us. We sing together, O come, O come Emmanuel.
1: Thank mm-hmm. voice on
2: Thank you. may be seated. So glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming to share part of your holiday weekend with us. I hope and pray that you had a great time with your family or friends or loved ones. And thank you for being here today. I can't think of anywhere I'd rather be than singing praise to the Lord in God's house. So thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you all for leading us in such a powerful way. Every week we have a time of prayer and we all have so much to be thankful for. But I know with the Thanksgiving, there are many needs that we have as well. And as I scan the crowd, I I see folks that are here in body, but I know that maybe you're concerned about a family member a friend or a health issue that you're going through, or maybe it's an addiction you're battling. Maybe there's something, a spiritual warfare that's going on right now, but no, God is able and he wants to bring victory in your life and in my life. And every week, if you feel led and you're in this place, we invite you to come to this altar where you can kneel, you can stand, you can pray from your seat. If you're watching at home, you certainly can pray wherever you are. But I invite you to come join me As we lift up our prayers, won't you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, how great it is to sing praise to you. Only you are worthy to be praised and to be glorified. And God, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be able to worship with your people on this, your day. And God, I just pray that you would forgive me and forgive us of any sin that would hinder our prayer. Lord, we want our heart to yours to be a clear and open path and that your heart to ours, God, that we would receive your blessing, your message, your mercy, your grace, your salvation. Lord, I pray for folks that have come to this altar. I pray, Father, for people that are worshiping online. Father, I pray for people that are struggling right now with health issues or depression or grief father for many of us it was the first thanksgiving without a loved one and now as we've entered into the christmas season i pray you would give us your supernatural strength and comfort and love father i pray for folks that are in the hospital or folks that are going through health issues We know, God, that you are the great healer and the great physician. And we pray, God, for a miracle of healing upon all these names that are going through our hearts and minds right now. Father, we continue to pray for healing in our country and our world. And we do pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And may it begin with your people, O God, that we would get our hearts right. And then, Father, that revival would spread like wildfire to a country and a world that desperately need you. Father, we just pray for folks maybe worshiping here today that have never given their hearts and lives to Jesus or someone watching. I pray, God, that today might be the day of salvation for someone that many would come to know Jesus. Father, we just pray that you would continue to bless this church and protect us from evil. Lord, I pray that you would continue to stir in people's hearts, that they would want to come back to your house to worship you and to serve you and to live for you. Lord, I just ask now that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through the music and through the proclamation of your word. And God, just help me, your servant, to speak your truth and to speak it in love. And Father, we just ask now that, again, you would open our hearts and open our minds, open our lives to the leadership of your spirit. We'll just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for how great you are so, Father, we love you, and we've committed this service to you, thanking you for what you're going to continue to do. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Before we do the scripture reading, I, I wanted to uh, share with you a couple of things that uh, I'm grateful for those of you who are here today I understand some folks who still don't feel comfortable to be here and and I'm grateful we can offer online services even though you and I both know it's not the same as being here in person but I am grateful that I get little notes uh, now and then from folks who live in other states that watch the service and uh, Bill and I were talking about it this week, and he said, I think it would be nice to to give some shout-outs to some people that send notes that support the ministries of this church. Mike and Vicki Gill worship from South Dakota every week. Mike and Vicki, hello, and thank you for being faithful worshipers. I've got aunts and cousins in Harrodsburg, that watch our service. So I want to shout out to my aunts, my cousins in Harrodsburg. Thank you all so much for worshiping. And there are many, many more. I, I think we have folks in Florida that worship with us each week. So thank you so much. And I can guarantee if those people lived here, they'd be here in God's house today. So thank you all for your faithfulness. Thank you all for coming to worship with us in this place. And I shared this at the early service. It is very hard after eating all weekend to come to church and, and look like you've got energy ready to worship and to sing and pray. Well, think about how hard it is to preach after eating and having time with family and staying up late to watch football games and doing all that stuff. And so please pray for me as I've already been praying for you, that we'll let the turkey and the sleepiness of the season pass on by and that you will laugh at my joke in a few minutes. But anyway, if you have your Bible, we'll be reading out of Luke chapter 4, begin with verse 14, and be in prayer for the choir as they come to lead after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Thank you all. What a powerful song and to sing joy to the world. And I pray that's what we all can do. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning of the message. And there was a Sunday school teacher of kindergartners trying to prepare the children for Christmas. So she asked the children, who can tell me what Jesus' mother's name was? A little girl stick up her hand and said, it was Mary. And she goes, that's, that's correct. That's That's right. She said, now who can tell me what the name of Jesus' father was? And a little boy stuck up his hand and said, the Virgin." And she was confused. The teacher said, what? How, how did you get that? He said, well, they're always talking about the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary. <laughs> the Virgin. This is one of those times where you wake up, wake up. <laughs> the Virgin Mary. A couple of Wednesday nights ago at prayer meeting, I asked folks what the world needed most. And if you were here, people began to call out different things. Someone said, the world needs most forgiveness. Uh, someone else said, the world needs most prayer Uh, We all agreed we need love, like that old song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. We talked about the need for revival and spiritual awakening. We talked about salvation and Jesus. All of these things were great answers. And there's something else that was not mentioned, but it's something that we all need, and it comes through Jesus, through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that is hope. We all need hope. We're all hoping that this crazy pandemic will end once and for all and quit breaking off having different uh, versions of it and variants of it. We pray that, that people... Uh, are going to get back to normal, whatever that is. We will finally get back to normal. We, We hope that the test will come back negative. We hope that we pass the test or pass the exam. We hope to break the addiction. We hope to find love. We hope that someone might come to know Jesus Christ. You've heard it said before uh, that people can live 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but only four seconds without hope. We all need hope. In our scripture passage today, we, we see Jesus coming home to his hometown. And I love what it said in verse 16. It said, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. Jesus was a churchgoer. Jesus wanted to be in church with God's faithful people. And I understand, we can worship the Lord on the 18th hole. We can worship the Lord from a deer stand. We can worship the Lord on a boat. We can worship the Lord from our family room. But no matter how boring or how interesting church may be, Jesus wanted to be in God's house on the Sabbath. And I think we should all consider it an honor and a privilege to be able to worship together with God's people on the Lord's day. And I pray that people would understand how important it is. And so when Jesus was there in the synagogue, as was his custom, he was given. They didn't have the clergy, to stand up and preach. But Jesus was a guest reader. He was given the scroll of Isaiah. Now, whether or not, and uh, commentators and scholars can disagree on whether or not Jesus picked this particular passage or this was the one chosen for him. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus began to read Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, which really was his outline for his ministry. It was like Jesus, like the, the president, at an inaugural address sharing, here's my plan to help people to get through this dark and trying time that we're going through. Jesus was given his mission statement. This was his Inaugural address after he had just been baptized and after he had been tempted in the wilderness, and now he's beginning his earthly ministry in his hometown. And as he was reading Isaiah, he was again saying, This is what I am here to accomplish, and this, with God's help, is what I plan to do. And today, we need those words of encouragement, and words of hope. How many of you are here today and you're hurting? I already said earlier, I guarantee you on every pew, there is a hurting or broken heart or spirit. Maybe you're here today and you feel shackled by some sin or some addiction. You've tried, you've tried, you can't break the chains, and so you need a greater strength or power than your own. Maybe you're here today and you are bound by depression and anxiety. And again, it's keeping you in prison that you can't function because of the fear, because of the worry, because of the anxiety. We need hope. And that hope for us today comes through Jesus Christ. He said in verse 14, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach Good news to the poor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, we know that when Jesus was baptized, that the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove, and he heard the voice of his Father. We see uh, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit all here at this one time. He said, this is my Son whom I love, and I am well pleased. And then we know that the Spirit led him into the desert where he was tempted three times by Satan, but God gave him the power to overcome, and he delivered him from the temptations of Satan, just like he'll deliver us. So when he said, "Has anointed me, many times a king or a prophet would be anointed with oil to signify that they were beginning this, this mission, this endeavor, this Uh, a rulership, well, the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus Christ to proclaim good news. We all need good news, don't we? Good news to the poor. Now, when you say poor, it's not necessarily meaning someone who does not have possessions. But what it does mean is someone recognizing that they do not have the resources to deliver themselves from their situation. Really, it's realizing uh, spiritual poverty. It's realizing that we are all spiritually poor in the eyes of God, and we should be totally dependent upon Him. So it says to proclaim good news to the poor. He's saying yes to the poor who may not have possessions, but to those spiritually poor. In the eyes of God, we're all spiritually poor. And that's why Jesus in those great Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit means that we are not so prideful that we think we can save ourselves because we can't. But when we are poor in spirit, that means we're humble, we're meek, we're understanding only through God and through His grace can we really be saved. And that's what the psalmist David said in Psalm 34, verse 6. He said, this poor man called out, and you heard me, and you uh, saved me from all my troubles. This poor man, he's referring to himself, called out, and you heard me and saved me out from all my troubles. And so today, we all need to be saved from our troubles, from our circumstance, from our uh, hand that we've been dealt in life, to know that God is with us to help us. And I'm thankful that he has blessed this church that we have resources to help people that maybe aren't able to help themselves. You know, a couple of Sunday nights ago, we did Operation Christmas Child downstairs. So many of you, uh, if you weren't there, you gave to help fill these shoeboxes with gifts for children all across the world who otherwise would not enjoy Christmas and would not hear the message of Jesus and his love and through your generous donations and your efforts, we were able to pack 1,227 shoeboxes to send to children all over the world. What a blessing that 1,227 children that you are directly impacted are now going to hear the message of Christ and His love. So we give Him praise for that. Many of you have already brought uh, food items to go to the man house tonight at our Mon service we'll be bringing and many of you have already done that food items so that people might have food on their table during this holiday season thank you for your generous donations and packing these bags filled with food so that people might have food this holiday season I'm so grateful many of you have been bringing in coats we're having a the Gail Sutherland coat drive to go to help men and women who may not have coats to keep them warm during this winter season thank you for your generous donations for the benevolence offering we're helping people pay rent and uh, a utilities bill and and maybe even in some cases doctors bills because of your Uh, generous giving, we are helping people, uh, giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. So I'm so grateful that we have a church where our collective efforts are making a difference to people that are in need. And we know that the Lord meets all of our needs. Paul said in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That means physical and spiritual, emotional, relational, financial. I believe when he says he'll meet all of our needs, I believe he means exactly that. He'll meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. A couple of, of Wednesday nights ago, I shared with those of you who were here at prayer meeting a story that touched me. I, I still go over to the Cross Center and play some basketball. I do it for a couple of reasons. You've heard me share. I, I still enjoy playing, uh, but also I do it to fellowship with some of the people over there to, to let them see that I'm I'm a regular guy just like they are, and I'm out here just to have a good time and, and to play a little ball. And It's so funny because a lot of them know me as the pastor, but I always— introduce myself in case they don't and we circle up and have prayer before we before we play and I always ask are there any prayer needs any prayer concerns and you talk about spiritual poverty so many times when I ask and these are usually you know young men um, ranging anywhere from high school in their 20s randomly there might be a you know someone in their 30s and certainly no one's playing my age and uh but we'll be there and and i know my doctors warned me about that about doing too much uh playing but the fact is when we when we circle up to pray i'll say do any of y'all have any prayer concerns talk about uncomfortable guys start doing this you can tell how uncomfortable they are when i'm asking them can i pray for you about anything but a couple of Monday nights ago, one young man who was a high school student said, pray for my sister because she's been admitted into a mental hospital. And he began to weep and cry. And he shared her name and I said, I'm going to pray for her. And he was so grateful. There was some other folks there and I noticed there was another young man. I thought he was a high school student played a couple games with us, and then he went over to another court. But after we played, I was driving out, and I saw this one young man walking down Ducker's Road, and, and he was in shorts, and it was cold that night, and we had played ball. And, and uh, I rolled down the window. I remembered his name because I asked him, and I said, hey, man. I said, where are you headed? He said, I'm headed home. I said, do you need a ride? And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm just walking down here to the trailer park. And I said, well, well hop in, man, it's too cold, you're in George. I'll give you a ride. So he got in the car and I started taking him home and I started asking about it. Now, what grade are you in in school? I, I thought he was going to say, you know, junior, senior. He said, seventh grade. I said, seventh grade, wow. I said, well, man, it's so nice to meet you and I'm I'm glad glad you came over to play and then On the way there, and I shared this a couple Wednesdays ago, and then before he got out of my car, he said something that broke my heart. He said, would I be allowed to come over to your church? And I said, would you be allowed? I said, you can come to this church anytime you want. This church is a church for everyone. And that's why we have it on our side. I don't know why he thought he would not be allowed to come to this church. How many people are like that? Students in your classroom or on your team or or coworkers or even family members who feel like they're unworthy or they don't meet the description of what it means to be a member of God's church or a member of God's family. Everyone is welcome in this church because we are all sinners saved by God's grace. Jesus came to proclaim good news to the poor and to set the prisoner free. Now, when it says to proclaim freedom to the prisoner, in Isaiah's time, it could have certainly referred to the Jewish or Israelite people who had been uh, taken captive by the Babylonians and they were being set free from their captivity. But for us today that we are set free from the bondage of sin and the bondage of Satan and bondage from the law and that we are set free. And isn't that why Jesus came into the world? If you would look over in John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, then you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And in verse 36 of John chapter 8, he said, then if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus sets us free. Even David the psalmist said in Psalm 146, verse 7, The Lord sets the prisoners free. I guarantee you there's someone here or watching and you are imprisoned in some way, either by a health issue or by emotional or mental issue or or in an unhealthy relationship or with an addiction. There's something that's keeping you in prison. Until you can break the chains, You're never going to enjoy the blessings that God wants to give you in this life and certainly in eternity. But I've shared this story that I want to share with you now that I've shared this years ago. And some of you all that have been at Forks for years have heard it, so uh, please uh, be patient with me. Others of you who are new maybe have not heard, but years ago I worked one summer down off Home Street in Frankfurt. At a state uh, agency called Central Stores. It was a part of the finance cabinet. Some of y'all might remember it. it the Central Stores would provide uh, papers and pens and, and computer, all these uh, different items to state agencies. And so I worked there with some guys, uh, some college students, summer help, as well as there were about four or five inmates that came from the minimum security prison that used to be over by the library archives, and now it's a state police academy. But they would bring in these uh, prisoners to work there with us. And I met a prisoner, which some of you all have heard me share before, that was very outgoing and very boisterous. And, and uh, he, he would come up and... He said, my name is Stormin' Norman Caldwell. I said, well, hey, Norman. It's Stormin' Norman. I said, oh, okay, Stormin. is so nice to meet you. And there, Norman found out that I had a love of basketball and sports, and he began to tell me, he said, I played at the University of Florida. And I was like, yeah, right. And he said, yeah, I played at the University of Florida, and I ended up Messing up my knee, and, well, I looked him up. Sure enough, he did play a year at Florida. He was the second leading scorer on the team, and uh, for the longest time, he held the uh, single-season free throw percentage for the highest free throw percentage. And, And then I think he had some problem with the coach and transferred to Valdosta State, and there he got hurt then over the course of time he began to make some decisions that weren't good some bad choices you know what i believe there's a lot of uh, good people in prison that have made some bad decisions there's a lot of you who maybe just haven't been caught and the fact is through that time when we were working down at this old used to be a shoe factory we were working down this old building that was hot and and many times not so clean, and up on the third floor, there was no air conditioning, and it was, man, when you had to go up there to get, I mean, it was sweat just start breaking out on you, and, well, anyway, they decided to close that place down, and I was one of the guys that got to stay there until it was closed down, along with some of these inmates, and, uh. You know I was going through a season in my life where I was asking God what is it you want me to do Um, I remember and I'm I'm being a little vulnerable I I remember putting some items or looking for an item on a shelf one day and tears were just coming down my face and I was like what am I doing here (laughs) what what's going on in my life and God provided me a workstation that was right across from a bivocational minister. Some of y'all may know Larry Atkins, who pastored a church over in Owenton. And Larry was there, and he was so supportive. And he gave me a book by A.W. Tozer, theologian A.W. Tozer. And I don't even remember the name of the book, but I remember one line from that book that he gave me. Sometimes we must hurt deeply before God will use you greatly. And I've never forgotten that, that he gave me. Sometimes you must hurt greatly or deeply before God will use you greatly. Well, the time came and Norman would joke with me and talk, and he, I can still see him looking back to me with his eyes, and, you a diaper dandy, you a PT player! And he'd use all this dick-by-towel lingo. And I know it came down to the last day and I felt heavy on my heart even though I was in a, I guess if you could say a type of prison. I sat down with Norman and I shared Christ with Norman. And Norman knew that I was in ministry and, and he knew kind of what was going on in my life. And on that last day before they closed down, and tore down that old building, Norman accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And Norman said to me, he said, and if you go pastor a church, you tell everybody that old Storm and Norman Caldwell got set free even when he was in prison in this dirty, decrepit old building. He accepted Christ, and he's been set free. You tell people that. And I said, I sure will, Norman. And I've told it many times. He was set free. And so was I. And you too can be set free. May we never be so prideful or so proud to admit when we make mistakes that God can't still use you and me. Broken vessels that are brought back together to serve a perfect God. And today, note this, that Jesus laid out the groundwork, yes, to proclaim good news to the poor and also to to bring freedom to the prisoner. But then he also to bring recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. Now, when he said to bring recovery of sight to the blind, was he talking about literal blind or was he talking about spiritually blind? I think he was talking about both. We know that Jesus and his threefold ministry of preaching, teaching, and healing, we know that Jesus has the power to heal you and me still today. Do you all believe he can still heal today? I do. He can bring healing And you think about old blind Bartimaeus as Jesus approached Jericho in Luke chapter 18. As Jesus approached Jericho, there was a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus who was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And remember the crowd said, Be quiet, man, shh, be quiet. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is why we say it's important to pray specifically. Jesus said, what is it you want? Don't you know Jesus already knew that he was blind and what his needs were? But Jesus said, what is it you want? He said, Lord, I want to see. Then Jesus said to him in, in Luke 18, 42, Jesus said to him, your faith has healed you. Receive your sight and he could see then over in the very next chapter Luke chapter 19 there's someone that needed to be healed of their spiritual blindness it was a little man by the name of Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus had been cheating people and getting four times the amount that he should have received and remember when he heard Jesus was entering into Jericho he climbed up into a sycamore fig tree to see what he could see and when he saw Jesus coming by Jesus saw him which reminds me No matter how alone we feel in this big world, believe Jesus sees your need and mine. Even when you think he doesn't care, all these people he's got to take care, he doesn't see little old me. Yes, he does. He saw little old Bartimaeus. He saw little old Zacchaeus. He sees little old me and little old you. And remember, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, you come out of that tree. I must go to your house today. And you remember Zacchaeus and his whole family, they were saved. And in Luke 19, 10, he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So we know that Jesus can heal physical blindness and spiritual blindness. You know what another example I thought of? Was Saul in Acts chapter 9. Do you remember after he saw the bright light on the road to Damascus to to kill Christians. you remember he saw the light and then he was blind? Well, he was brought by His sight was brought back. And then he was also saved spiritually. He was baptized and he began to minister immediately to preach the good news. So there's another example of, of physical blindness and spiritual blindness being healed. And that's what Jesus does. He opens our spiritual eyes. And he sets us free and helps us to see through his lens, through his eyes, proper perspective. But then lastly, he he said to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Well, if you were thinking about in Isaiah's time, this probably was referring to the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years would be a celebration, the year of Jubilee. And on that 50th year, slaves were set free and debts were canceled and uh, ancestral land was given back to families, to the original owner. But, but in this context, it's, it's talking about celebrating the victory we have in Jesus Christ. And look in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 2, when he says, Paul said, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So we celebrate today the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how we can rest in him, trust in him, place our faith in him, knowing that he's already won the victory. Isn't that a blessing? Doesn't that give you hope today? It should give us all hope that we can rest or abide in Jesus Christ. Every day should be the day of victory and celebration. I want to close by sharing this story. and I know this last Friday night, there were a lot of teams that were trying to make it to the state uh, championship football, state playoffs were going on, brokenhearted about Woodford County not making it, and Franklin County, two really good teams that sad and disappointed that they didn't make the, the states this year, but had remarkable seasons. But my daughter Sophie brought to me uh, the other night on her phone and was showing me the celebration of a team that did win. And there were these guys from Lexington Christian Academy holding their helmets up and they were singing Victory in Jesus. They sang the whole song. These young men were singing with their helmets up Victory in Jesus. And Sophie said, isn't that cool? And she said, can I go to school over there? Those boys are so cute. That's what she said. But I was so grateful that those young men were giving glory to God for the victory that they had won. And they were singing victory in Jesus with those help. It was, it was moving. They didn't sing that great. But they had it all right in giving glory to him. Every day God gives us, we should give him glory for the victory we have through Jesus Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. May we pray. Lord, words are not adequate to express our love and gratitude to you. Lord, that you would all those years ago pick up a scroll from Isaiah who prophesied around 700 years before you even came into the world and that you would fulfill that scripture in their hearing and that's what you said later on in verse 21 today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and we are grateful Lord that you have fulfilled the scriptures and we know you're coming back and we know God that we are to be ready to be prepared and I know God there's some people today going through spiritual warfare, going through some serious health issues, some people, Lord, that are grieving and broken hearted and privately battling some addiction that they've kept hidden. But Lord, we know that you bring good news and hope to us, that you set us free. And Father, we know that we all have felt oppression in our life and and we know Christians are going to experience oppression. And we know, God, that, that people understood. And you, you said that um, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the great shepherd that leads us through these challenging times and that you have compassion and love for us. So, Father, if there's anyone here or watching and they've never given their life to you, may this be the day of salvation. May now be the time. We're not promised tomorrow. May they confess their sin and ask you to come in today. Lord, maybe there are Christians that have grown cold and they're angry at you, God, and questioning you. And, Lord, I've been there. But I know, God, that you always put people in our lives and experiences, Lord, to grow us in the faith. So instead of saying why, maybe what purpose, Lord? For what purpose is to help me be a better servant, a follower of Jesus? Or, God, I pray if there are people that have been visiting and they feel your presence in this church, Lord, and we're not perfect, and I'm certainly not, but, Lord... We try to keep the focus on you because you are. Lord, I pray people would find a place of acceptance and love here. So God, thank you for loving us through Jesus. And now may we commit our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place and come as we sing a hymn of invitation and commitment. If you're watching Please contact us at the office if we can pray with you about a spiritual decision. you so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I hope you will leave here with hope and that you would go out into the world and and be the hands and feet of Jesus and bring good news. There are so many people that need to hear good news today and I pray that we would do that. I want to remind you tonight at 6 o'clock we will have our annual um, Chrismon service this is when we'll bring, if you have not already, many of you have already brought your food items for the manna house. But if you want to bring those tonight, we'll have a time in the service where you can bring those to the altar. And then we'll all place chrismines to decorate the trees and light the trees. It'll be a special night. There's going to be some beautiful Christmas music and a great time of fellowship and prayer in the Lord. That will be at six. And then if you can't make that, I hope to see on Wednesday as we celebrate around the table at 5, and then prayer meeting here at 6 in the sanctuary. If you've not been, we invite you to come as we have a wonderful time of prayer together. But thank you for being here and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I hope and pray you have a blessed and wonderful rest of the week, and I hope that you'll worship with us again real soon as we sing a song, and then I'll do a closing prayer. God bless you. this place and bring hope into the world and share with someone the good news of Jesus Christ and his love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.